Radio Rebirth, your source for current Supergirl comics that started with DC Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Lennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 27, which was written by Mark Andreco, pencils by Eduardo Pansica, inks by Julio Ferreira, and colors by FCO Plasencia. And the description for this issue reads, quote, Caught in the middle of a Vega system civil war, a powerless Supergirl struggles to rescue as many slaves as she can from the brutal hands of the Citadel. Meanwhile, the Omega Men reel from the discovery that their long-dead colleagues, Nimbus, Harpus, and Demonia, are mysteriously still alive. Kara, however, suspects there's more to their grand return than meets the eye. Uh, so, uh, Morgan, there was a lot going on in this issue, a lot of reveals, a lot of twists, a lot of turns. Uh, so what did you think about Supergirl, what she was having to deal with in this issue? There was a lot of stuff happening in this issue, (laughs) like a lot of stuff. Um, I thought that the Supergirl stuff was really interesting. Uh, she's, she's still kind of depowered in this one, um, her battery charge is running low uh, <laughs> from the uh, the splice um, sort of blast that she's that she's using the the Tamaranian solar energy, uh, and un- and un- unfortunately for Supergirl, my girl Splice is like I'm on to you, yeah. and uh, and she shoots the that energy into the ceiling uh, like a jerk, and so uh, Supergirl can't recharge herself. Um, but I, I I thought that this was there was an interesting kind of character stuff for Supergirl in this one that I think in the last one when I was just confused about the Omega Men and just wanted to know more about soap um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I don't feel like I got in that last one. Like this one, I feel like we get a lot of, you know, w- what Supergirl's about. She's kind of trying to. Uh, reform splice places like no i'm a monster with like a bunch of tentacle arms and that's not what i'm into it's not my passion i i guess while we're here uh we'll, we'll come back to supergirl we'll, we'll sort of table that for a, a second so while we're here talking about Sli- splice and her monster appearance uh what did you think about that reveal because we got we we knew splice was different somehow she had the the talons and she had bird-like qualities, but we got to see all of her in this issue. What were your thoughts? I thought Splice was terrifying. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Splice, girl!" Been, <laughs> listen, uh, this is—I wake up sometimes. I wake up like this, definitely sometimes, <laughs> especially in 2020. Just wake up, and I'm just like, Rah! and then all the tentacles like shoot out. <laughs> uh, she's like, she's pretty scary. Like, she wasn't like a great looking uh <laughs> alien to begin with she had kind of those many rows of pointy teeth uh she but she did, had that yeah. little she had that little jewel on her forehead she was doing some things with her like weird wings wing ears like i, I don't know she was working it um but the uh, the true form of splice is has a lot of teeth uh don't think that she's been to a dentist in a while they're pretty mangly looking uh she's got about a hundred tentacles um her arms are just like these weird like bone things she's got horns she suddenly grew horns uh it's a it's definitely um a whole look it's very frightening uh i was i was surprised i was like splice i thought i knew you but this is a whole different side to you i've never seen (laughs) 
uh, <laughs> that's a scary side. And I don't know. If, I think I, I think I miss the old place. I, <laughs> I feel like I was bonding with the old place. And <laughs> this new place who's like killing like little Wookiee children. Like, I don't know that I like this new place. <laughs> that's interesting that you went to the Wookiees because I keep thinking of these little uh, aliens as Berenstein bears. That's, yes. what they, that's what they look, look like to me. <laughs> that's really true. They really do. But I guess I guess they are sort of Wookiee-like, uh, but they are uh, precious aliens. They look so uh, cute. Um, but yeah, Splice is terrifying. And uh, it was a very uh, well-done reveal, I thought. And, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about the reveals, I guess, maybe when we talk about the art. But um, I thought that was one of the biggest uh, takeaways for me in this issue. Um, but yeah, Supergirl was going through a lot of stuff in this issue. She... Um, she even at one point, uh, because Splice has become such a fearsome creature, she uh, has a, a a quandary, a a conflict within herself that she might kill Splice, that she uh, is going to uh, take a life and and murder um, because of it. But she ultimately stops herself and uh doesn't do it but did you did, were you worried that supergirl was going to go over the edge yeah i mean i did i was a little concerned she was you know listen that bernstein bear uh, slash wookie he was cute yeah or she i don't know they were cute they were really cute like i i i loved i love them and i was really mad when splice uh splice killed them there was it was there was no reason for it and it was really unnecessary. Um, actually, I'm not sure. Did yeah, I guess Splice did kill them. Was it Splice that did it, or did, did they just die in the crossfire? I'm a little confused about that too, because there's like a maybe I'm blaming my girl for something she's not involved in. <laughs> there's like a there's a there's just fire, uh, like a like uh, like shooting going back and forth between the Omega Men and Harry Holcomb's people. I think it might have just been. It's not really clear in the issue, but I think it's just like uh, the little Wookiee Berenstein bear like gets caught in the civil war that's happening and just gets taken out. So it may not have been spliced directly, but it was uh, maybe Harry Holcomb's people. Yeah, I was. I think I was blaming Splice, um, and I have to apologize to her and her many tentacles. Uh, she was she was busy fighting Supergirl. And but I thought maybe one of her tentacles had shot, <laughs> shot the Berenstein bear. I see now looking at the the art that one of the tentacles does not have a, a, a weapon of any kind besides the tentacles. But there is that really um, sad and tragic panel, which I think is actually well drawn, where Supergirl and Splice are fighting, and there is the after effect of the uh, space alien child who has died. And I think that maybe, uh, you know, I sort of connected Splice to that death because of the way it's uh, portrayed in that panel. So I, I can see why you would have thought that. Yeah. And, and I think what Supergirl's kind of responding to is like, if I had my powers, if I, you know, if I was able to get there, I could have saved that little alien child. Like, it's because I'm fighting with this um this weird alien with like 500 legs that like I can't I couldn't save I couldn't save them um so I think and and then obviously Splice is like I don't understand why you like like people who are weak 
Like, it's going to be your downfall. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, um, that Supergirl says, you know, it's her biggest strength is is caring about the vulnerable. And that's not a weakness. Um, and, and, yeah, I think you can see that she's kind of on an edge. And, and it, it kind of reminded me, it's been a while since we've been reading Rebirth. So, like, a lot of it is rusty for me. Um but it did remind me, I feel like Supergirl was on the edge a couple of times in a couple of recent like rebirth issues where she's been kind of a little bit more angry in some of these issues, especially since like, you know, there's some weird some sort of conspiracy about Krypton and she's like really mad about it. <laughs> um I'm summarizing it really good. Um but <laughs> so it kind of feels like it's sort of like what her character is going through now is like dealing with a lot of anger and uh and like kind of fighting through it to not do you know something that would be out of character for her to not give way to that anger and do something that she'll regret and i I thought that that was i thought she had a really good story arc in this issue actually um where whereas in the last issue uh there was just so much happening that it was kind of like who were these people and then the Omega Men are here. Yeah, there was actually a little bit of a, a a Supergirl character story that was happening where she was um trying to still work through some of those, I guess, kryptonite-induced hallucinations, whether or not they were true. And then she had to um deal with how she was gonna react to the death of the Berenstein bear. And uh, <laughs> she really had a kind of a tough time and she had to really think that through. And there's a good set of panels. Um, uh, let me find what page that is. Uh, where is it? Um, on page 17, there's a, a, a progression of panels where it actually takes, takes me through Supergirl's thought process and how she determines that she's going to put that axe down and not kill Splice. So I, I really enjoyed that because I it, that kind of thing makes me feel connected to Supergirl when I'm in there with her in those decisions and I'm kind of getting to know her through her actions and through her thoughts. So that kind of thing took me from like the last issue where it seemed like it was more about the Omega Men, whereas there was some Omega Men stuff happening, but this felt like it was more of a Supergirl story and I appreciated that. Um, and so... That kind of thing, I, I'm I'm glad to see that because um, sometimes in these issues it's hard to find what Kara is feeling and what she's dealing with. But there was a lot of introspection actually with the character of Supergirl in this one. Yeah, I really like this as a Supergirl issue. I thought we had some good character stuff from her. Um, she had like a you know she had a good a fight with a really scary villain, and uh, and she had like a like a real some real character conflict that she had to, you know, to deal with and this idea of, of her being really angry and uh, and having to fight that back. Like, uh, you know, why am I fighting it? She asks herself, like, uh, some people don't deserve to draw breath. Like, she's really mad that she's, you know, that some people have gotten hurt because she can't couldn't protect them and she's like blaming um splice which like it legit it was splice's fault <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i'm not saying splice listen just because splice has a, a wicked color scheme uh doesn't mean that i'm just gonna forgive her everything sure <laughs> she turns out that she's like a hidden monster and that's cool but that doesn't mean that you can work for you know the bad guys um <laughs> and i'm gonna defend you uh but uh 
I think that she has to sort of like, she feels something that's, I think very relatable, this idea of like, Oh my God, like this is a, a bad person. And like, who cares what happens to them? But I think she, she pulls herself back from the edge. And I thought that was something that was really, a really cool Supergirl story, something really neat to see. And, um, and I, I like that she, you know, she, has a lot of regret afterwards. She feels like she failed. She says, I failed that little girl and I, um, and I can't fail them. And she's, and she's gonna kind of recommitting herself to helping the other people from the, this, this civil war that's happening that she's kind of not involved in, but has gotten pulled into anyway. Yeah. Oh, big time, big time. And uh, did you remember, uh, anything about the ax? I, I vaguely remembered, uh, the ax, but not, so my, it was like I was like, wait, I I forgot that uh, Kara had like a weird Thor axe. That <laughs> <laughs> when did she get this? I did like the two guys who were like looking at the axe. I I uh, I, I immediately relate it to their struggles as what I can only imagine is a poorly paid middle manager on this. <laughs> on this spaceship and then the axe just goes crazy and then like i, I don't know it, it seems like it's a it was bad news for them as the pressure as the chamber de uh decompresses and <laughs> it looks like they're getting sucked out and i was like what a day that they're having what a day yeah they've gone through some stuff in this issue do you remember the axe i don't really remember it. i had kind of remembered that because like we've heard the name rogels are but I kind of don't know what his deal is. Like, I don't I don't think the the storytelling has done a really good job. And maybe there's some stuff in like Superman comics or action comics or something that explains more of that. And we're just kind of getting the the after effect. Like, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like spanning several books, but I, I don't think they've done a really good job <laughs> with Rogelzar and helping me understand what his deal is. And so I kind of forgot that Rogelzar had a had an axe. And that it somehow had gotten into Supergirl's hands. But I did remember Turid Golden Axe. I remembered that axe very well. But the uh, Supergirl Axe connection, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's right. There was a thing with the axe. And I, I kind of had to just kind of jump back into it. Yeah, the axe thing really uh, threw me for a loop for a couple of minutes. And then I was like, I vaguely remember that there was an axe involved somehow in this story. But I had completely forgotten, like, how she got it and, like, where it came from and, like, what its deal was. But that, again, could totally be a uh, user error uh, since we <laughs> had oh, It's been a long time. It's been a while since we've read it, so it's not necessarily on the storytelling in that regard. It could just be us uh, not rating this uh, in a timely fashion. But uh, I, I was glad to see um, that Supergirl did have some self-control, even though she had that axe and it was very powerful. And I, I, I think that axe can do a lot of things, but, uh, but it was nice to see that she... Uh, stepped back for a moment to realize what she was doing and she didn't act uh, uh, 100% out of emotion and, um, you know, reassessed the situation that she was in. So I was very proud of Supergirl because at one point I was a little concerned. I was like, oh, are they going to have her kill Splice? And then she backed up. Uh, although I think she sort of leaves splice for dead <laughs> she definitely does i i thought i was okay as she was leaving so she's what happens is um i'm trying to find the the panel but i think there's basically 
she asks about splice. She's like, should we, should we take splice? Like, uh, and, uh, Primus is like, leave her to face Hokum. It's what she deserves, which seems bad. Um, but I don't know that they specifically left her for dead, but then I was wondering like, where is the morality on that? <laughs> like if you left splice essentially for dead, like she's definitely going to die. Did you not in effect kind of kill her anyway? Uh, but I, I think that they left her in a, in a gray enough zone that it's like, well, you know, Hokum might, might hurt her, but you know, that's kind of the bed she made for herself right yeah and yeah i think there is uh, something to be argued about the fact that like she beat splice to a pulp and then threatened to you know use an axe on her and she's probably gonna die unless she was unless she has some healing power that will uh, allow her to to get back into a, a a better state but yeah, I mean that's that's one of those things where it's like she doesn't in, she doesn't directly kill her with intent to kill, but maybe she'll still die anyway. Yeah, I think there is a, a moral questioning there that could be argued back and forth about whether or not that was the right thing to do. But I guess the the takeaway here is that Supergirl did not directly kill Splice. She chose not to finish the deed even though she was very, very vengeful. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was interesting. It's definitely, like, I think you could definitely debate about the morality of <laughs> what Supergirl did there. But I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I like that they kind of left it a little bit open-ended. And and I do uh, appreciate that they had Supergirl kind of ask, like, should we, should we take this monster lady or nah? <laughs> <laughs> well, it makes me wonder what would have happened if she had. Because I, I think, know. because I think at one point, uh, yeah, I think on um, page, what page is this? Oh, crap. I did the two pages thing. Um, I think it's page 15 and um, split. Oh, man. My guided view is all screwed up. See, on, on the, um, the comiXology thing, you can, like, select one page or two pages. And, like, right before we got starting to record, I was like, What's two pages? What is that like? <laughs> and so now, like, my settings are all weird. Um, so on the guided view of page 16, there's a panel that um, Splice is, like, I guess, like, really injured. And and there's a bubble that says, have mercy. Oh, yeah. I did notice that. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's when, it's when uh, Supergirl has the axe. And, like, suddenly suddenly Splice is singing a different tune <laughs> yeah. about the vulnerable, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, and, well, that's a good point. Because now she is the vulnerable one in this situation. And she's, she's relying on Supergirl's uh, compassion for the vulnerable so that Supergirl won't kill her. So that that is a very different position for uh, Splice to be in. But I just wonder if that would, would that change Splice at all? Would that make her, I don't know, would that ch- would that change her as a character into someone who would go away from the life of working underneath this Harry Hokum? And, and would she, jo- like if Supergirl took her with her, would she join the fight with Supergirl? I don't know. I don't know if she would just heal herself back up and then she would go back to the bad guys. I, I don't know. Sp- Splice in this instance is very interesting to me because I don't know if the sacrificial or the or the merciful thing 
that Supergirl does here. I don't know if that would change Splice. So yeah, that Splice that's very a bit interesting. of an enigma. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point that she is now the vulnerable that uh, Supergirl is caring for. Very very good point. Well, um, so we've got uh, Supergirl uh, going away with the Omega Men. They're sort of getting out of the situation. And uh, Supergirl finds out at the end that Harry Co- Harry Holcomb's use of her DNA and the, the babies in the tubes, he has had his plan come to fruition. And now there are like Supergirl zombies uh, flying around. So what are your thoughts on that? So... After the splice, um, like the splice fight, I was like, okay, this issue is definitely like, it's basically over. Uh, but I was wrong because like a lot of stuff happens in the last couple pages. First off, Kara uh, meets Starfire's brother. Yeah. And she's kind of like, hey, hey, yeah. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I really appreciate it because Starfire's brother, he's been like, He's been like working on his fitness. He's mm-hmm. he's got some he's got some guns on him. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm super girl. No, I'm Cara. You can call me Cara. <laughs> <laughs> respect, girl. Respect. Um, but and then the the super girl like clones or like kind of decaying, weird looking clones come in after the formerly dead Omega Men. Who again, I'm not sure why. I, why I'm supposed to care so much about this storyline that seems to connect to nothing. But uh, so the um, I guess he's um, like Johnny Five uh, scans them. And did, did he not look exactly like the the Johnny Five? What is that? Um, oh, what is that? I, I'm go- no, no, Johnny Five Johnny is, Five Johnny is alive. Five. Yeah, short circuit. Short circuit. Exactly yeah, that's right. Like short circuit robot, and I know this because I was obsessed with short circuit when I was little, and I would watch it all the time. It's a quality film. Well, and there um, was a there was a sequel, wasn't there? Was there? I don't think so, Short Circuit Two was as good. <laughs> Morgan's I'm, like, I'm is there a Short Circuit universe I need to get <laughs> into? Excuse me, the the short circuit extended universe <laughs> shall be mine. Uh, <laughs> oh, so uh, short. There is a short circuit too. In the in the poster, he is wearing a bandana and a cowboy hat. <laughs> I don't I don't like where short circuit two is going. Um, <laughs> and rating wise on IMDb, and, and this is you know it's not scientific, but it's got a five point eight out of ten, which doesn't seem great. Uh, and the Rotten Tomatoes score is 38%. So again, could be a great film. The poster is telling me something different. (laughs) (laughs) He, he's really, he is really rocking that Southwestern look. Um, (laughs) and I respect it, but (laughs) that's, it's not, not my Johnny (laughs) Five. Um, so, so anyway, Johnny Five also, after Short Circuit 2, he took off his cowboy hat, took off his bandana, and came onto this comic because he looks exactly like the robot from Short Circuit. Um, and he scans their former friends and he's like, okay, this gargoyle dude, fine. Or I guess gargoyle lady. Gargoyle lady, fine. <laughs> Snake lady, also pretty chill. Other, uh, Nosferatu, super cool. And, uh, I have questions about all of them, to be honest, because they all look like villains. So I feel like <laughs> that's your first indication. You got like Lord Voldemort, who's like, 
<laughs> rolling all of the S's. Like, I don't really... Listen, I'm not trying to judge a snake book by its cover. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, one of them is actually... I think her, her name is Demonia. Like, <laughs> it has the word demon in the name. Uh, so that's probably why those three were chosen, is because they already uh, were given signs of uh, nothing good. <laughs> they they already look like a monster mash villain. <laughs> uh, but he's like, oh yeah, no, they're all they're all chill. They they check out DNA A plus, and so everybody's like, okay, I guess that's that's cool. There's like one reasonable Omega Man that's like, I don't know, dude. Like they used to be dead, now they're not. Like I know I'm just like a a cat person, but maybe we should, you know, maybe we should just keep them locked up for now. Uh. <laughs> And uh, I, I feel like Nosferatu was not into that idea. Nosferatu is very aggressively not making eye contact as Cat Person suggests this. Um, <laughs> Nosferatu is like really in this panel on page. Let me find it on page twenty. Can I tell you? He is not having it. He is not having any of it. This is also this is also maybe a daily feeling that I have like during the pandemic where I'm just like just so over this and then there's like and then there i I too have an annoying cat like at my side (laughs) um but so uh unsurprisingly johnny five did not read that situation correctly and it turns out that they're super evil uh probably it seems like uh, Harry Hokum just used their DNA to yeah. like, clone them into evil clones. So they, their friends really are dead. It's just like DNA wise, they're they're a match. Uh, so good job, Short Circuit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they don't seem to be fans of the Omega Omega Men. Uh, surprisingly enough, like Nosferatu is just kind of like um, monologuing up at the top. And uh, and not really doing anything useful, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Snake Lady and uh, Gargoyle Lady, they are they are not they are not happy at all. They're just sort of had it with the Omega Man. They say they're weak and that it was easy to infiltrate them uh, because they're clones. <laughs> they they throw in that they're clones of their dead friends, which seems unnecessary. Yeah, that's. That actually makes me feel really bad for the Omega Men because they had gotten their hopes up that their friends were alive. And now the realization that they are probably still dead and now they're having to fight the likeness of their friends. That's actually, to me, it's a little sad. It is sad. It's pretty dark, actually. Yeah. So I feel really bad for the Omega Men. But um, I was proud of Supergirl that she, I, I don't know who figured this out first. But it seemed like Supergirl put it together herself that something was not right with these uh, friends who were newly discovered to be alive. So I, I, I really liked that Supergirl, especially in the last couple of issues that we've read, she's she's been smart. She's doing calculations and she's figuring out big plot twists. So that that makes me happy <laughs> that Supergirl's not having to ha- to rely on someone else to tell her things. She's actually figuring these things out for herself. So yeah, this uh now now I'm curious about her being put in the situation where she's having to deal with evil clones of herself. Yeah, so uh, I have a, a a slight question. So she has kind of a flashback to her childhood again. Uh I wanted I wanted her to be like, "My was my dad a bad guy?" <laughs> 
for like maybe every issue she's just like i just have this feeling that my dad wasn't great (laughs) but she so she's like looking back to her childhood and then she thinks to herself like that's where i've seen that scar from oh no it's krypton kryptonian cloning technology but the memory in no way connects to crypto unless i'm unless i'm missing something to kryptonian cloning technology it's just her dad like i don't know like looking in a mirror or something and being like these are my plans child (laughs) yeah that's a good point that in the flashback they're not or she's not seeing a scar or they're not talking about a scar and then all of a sudden she thinks about something yeah i was very confused (laughs) i was like I know in the one panel where uh, like Nosferatu is like just looking off in the in the distance, kind of kind of not feeling it. Wait, is it? It's not this. It's not this panel. So what panel does she notice? Oh, it's it's the panel right after Johnny Five uh, scans them, uh, and she's looking at the back of like Snake Lady, and she's like that scar on her neck. I know it from somewhere, but like uh, first off, I don't even see a scar on her neck. It's I think that they put the scar on her neck in yellow, but Snake Lady is yellow. So I had to zoom all the way in, and I was like, is it? It looks like somebody just got her with a highlighter. Are you? Oh, I see it now. It's crazy, though. It's way too, it's way, it's way too light. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a great, if you were trying to point something out, that's that's probably not the way to go. I don't even think I noticed that the first time. Yeah, the only reason I noticed it was because she mentioned it, and then I zoomed in to be like, what scar is she talking about? Okay, well, that explains where she's talking about the the scar, though. I guess I was a little confused about that myself. I found that part very confusing, and then her flashback had nothing to do with it, and I was like, how did she connect the dots from that? I guess they'll, maybe they'll explain that in the next issue uh, the to sort of uh, flesh out those flashbacks because it it does seem to like i appreciate the flashbacks but they come in pieces and we don't get a full picture so i'm hoping that at some point down the line we're, we're gonna get the full picture of what really Zorel had to do with anything and what his connection was to the destruction of krypton and what he was doing with his science experiments just so that we can have some confirmation about him, even though we do know that he became a cyborg Superman. So obviously he he wasn't a great guy, <laughs> but I don't know what... So there are some indications he was maybe not always the, the best. He was not always on the up and up is what we're trying to say. But I don't know exactly because those are different writers. So like the cyborg Superman stuff came under Steve Orlando and now we're sort of in the Mark on, on Draco run. So I don't know if that's still what they're going for with this. So I yeah I would like I would love it if they could connect the flashbacks so that they uh, revealed a bigger picture. Right now it's just like bits and pieces and bits and pieces and uh yeah it doesn't seem to tell a full story at this point. Yeah it's it's a little confusing right now. I know that they're building up to something, but some of the you know some of the clues that they're leaving, I'm just like I'm not really sure what what I'm supposed to do with this. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get more answers uh, in the coming issues about that. 
Uh, so we've been talking mostly about the Supergirl, Splice, Omega Men, uh, clone, Harry Hokum stuff. But there's a whole other story that's happening in this issue with Zender and Crypto and Zender's mother, Gandello, who looks a lot like an icicle. Uh, so, Morgan, what did you think about Zender and his mommy issues and what was going on there? I was kind of confused by the Zender Cole stuff. Uh, first off, I didn't like um, how hurt crypto seemed to be. I was yes. very concerned. Like we start out like almost it's like the first page and it shows crypto and he's so beat up. And I was like, oh, no, he looks like such a sad pupper. And he's got like on like a little like, I don't know, Bane mask or something. I don't know what's happening to crypto. Honestly, it's like we got to put a muzzle on him, but it's got to be really a uh, hardcore. It looks like he's on like life support or something. Right? Like It it's... does. It looks like he's in like a little incubator or something and he's got um, blood and stuff like yeah he's, he's all like bloodied up i was uh, like this is not i'm not happy about this <laughs> this is not this is not cool um so i i respect that zinder cole was also upset about it because obviously crypto is the best and they became they became buds um did we know that zinder cole was this uh and what's her name again gandello Gandello does to me doesn't seem like a name that fits what she no. looks like, but maybe I need to do some research on the name Gandello. She kind of looks like the 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 Night King from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you've seen it, like the, <laughs> no, one of the I... White Walkers. <laughs> She's got a, a little bit of a, but she also looks like um you know like a crystal sort of like an ice queen almost. I would think that her name would have more ice or snow uh, like puns in there um <laughs> but did we know that that he was her son no i don't think so i th think this is the first time that it's revealed i don't i don't I, we had seen her before and i think i don't i had to, i'd have to go back i don't know if she was seen in association with him before but i think this is the first time we get a sense that they are related. Yeah, I think so too. Cause, cause also she says like, enlighten me. And then it's like, dot, 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 my son. And it seems like it's very dramatic if uh, this isn't a reveal, if, uh, but she might just be a dramatic person. That seems possible. <laughs> she, well. Yeah. Yeah. She looks pretty dramatic. So I wouldn't put it past her, but I think this is the dramatic reveal of that relationship. It became a, a problem with like, the issue that I'm running into, which is that I don't remember a lot of rebirth. So then I had to ask myself, did we know this? Like, is this not, is this not supposed to be surprising to me because I already knew it? Um, but thankfully, apparently not. <laughs> um, but it seems like she, uh, she found him somewhere and she adopted him. Cause they obviously don't look alike. No, no, she's, she's a, she's a nice lady and he's a, green chris pratt so there's not a not exactly a family resemblance um so she she kind of thinks that he's like romanticizing krypton and and um and kara and and crypto which you cannot be romanticizing crypto he is the best <laughs> um and he's like no no these are my friends now like like she's supergirl and and this is a dog who has heat vision so 
I'm really all in. I thought it was funny. So crypto, obviously, uh, always the MVP of any any <laughs> issue, even when unconscious, uh, <laughs> does does pop back up and uh, heat visions off her arm and uh, and in the in the panel right after he like takes her hand out, like Zinder Cole has some blood on his cheek and he's just like crypto, good boy. I'm like. I don't, your family relationship is, is kind of your business, but geez. <laughs> well, I did get the sense that she was a little abusive with him and, and she yeah. does, and she does physically hit him at one point. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's where the blood comes from is from Gandello oh, slapping right. I him. Like, I was like, wouldn't that be just kind of be like ice crystals? <laughs> like, she seems like she's very sh- like shattery. She's like more of a shatterer than a than a like bleeder or anything like that. So that does make sense because you're right. In the panel right before Crypto takes out her hand, um, she she slaps. It looks like yeah. Cole. and Crypto is like not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> He's like I I am above all things loyal. Arf arf. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I appreciated that uh, Crypto came to the rescue and and stepped in when things were getting bad for Zinder, because obviously Zinder helped take care of him. So I do like that they've kind of become uh, buddies and pals uh, to help each other out. But yeah, things do not seem to be good with Zinder and his his mother, Gandello. She seems like a really nasty lady. Um, he even calls her a mad woman. So I I don't know that they're going to have a great relationship moving forward but I'm I'm curious how this is going to gel with Supergirl herself because Gandello obviously has some sort of beef with Supergirl. So I'm not sure where that's going to go. Yeah, I, like do we know what her uh beef with Supergirl is yet? It has something to do with Krypton, but I'm not exactly sure what the deal is there cuz Supergirl's been on this mission to try to figure out who was to blame for the destruction of Krypton. So I don't know if Gandello has something to do with that. I don't know if she was in on that plot. I don't know. Um, but if Supergirl gets a little too close to the truth, maybe that'll become a problem for Gandello. That's, that's kind of what I'm getting out of it is maybe that she was part of like some conspiracy, like some Kryptonian conspiracy. Um, so that's, I don't know if that's correct though, but it just seems like she has a really big problem with Supergirl. So I'm, I'm curious if that's gonna somehow weave back into like Supergirl being back into Zinder and Crypto's story because it does seem like their stories are very separated at this point. So I'm curious to see what will happen when they get back together. Yeah, because I feel like they've been separated for a couple of issues now. Yeah, it's so I, been a while. I think that, yeah, I think that there's definitely, I think that the his storyline is going to connect more to her storyline about trying to find out what really happened to Krypton. Yeah, that seems where it is heading. I guess my question is, which of the Supergirl clones is your favorite? Because there are some crazy ones. So there's like zombie Supergirl. There's um, head with no eyes and giant teeth Supergirl. There's, I don't know, like weird bat person Supergirl. There's like incredible Hulk Supergirl. (laughs) There's uh, black hole as a face Supergirl. There's, I don't, I can't see the one in the corner. She's just got heat vision. Uh, there's a double Supergirl, conjoined twin Supergirl. <laughs> and then there's just like 
maybe maybe frog person supergirl up at the top i don't know <laughs> i am curious about that the white one with the heat vision that's very different it's almost yeah. uh she's almost translucent that, yeah that one's like pretty scary looking actually i think that's the the scariest one of all of them honestly some of them are a little goofy looking <laughs> uh swirly face is my favorite because what's going on with that one but the uh the sort of translucent one is is kind of scary it looks like you can see like a skull outline it's like uh the director bones edition of Supergirl. yeah like you can see the inner workings of her her thigh i guess there almost looks like a like a bone uh yeah some of them are a little goofy like the conjoined twin one caught my eye immediately um, yeah <laughs> that one that one was where my eyes went first but i i didn't until you said something i was like oh i didn't even notice there was like a monster headed one that's like <laughs> yeah there's coming. a lot of them yeah so uh that's i and i guess that goes into us talking about the art since we're s- sort of slowing down and looking at things uh what what other pages or panels did you uh think really stuck out to you in this one uh obviously i love the one with all the the scary super girls that was really fun um, I think we talked about it before, but that panel where Splice kills, uh, somebody kills the Bernstein bear <laughs> and, and Supergirl's really mad about that. I thought that was kind of, you know, to see the sort of smoldering remains of that little, little like Bernstein bear child was actually kind of rough cause it was so cute. And then you're like, Oh no, it's really dead. I thought that was like really brought it home that like, um, these things have like that are happening are very terrible. Um, obviously the panel where splice reveals, uh, her, her true form, uh, and it gets like really, really pretty gnarly. Uh, that was fun because I think that they just kind of like went all out with like, wait, I can do whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) This thing can look like whatever it's going to look like five different monsters. <laughs> it's all the monsters in one. Uh, and there's also a panel on um, page 11. Ray Ather, the, the little Bernstein bear, gets uh, gets done in where she's fighting um, this new and improved splice where it's just like the colors in it. It's weird to say, like, but the colors are really pretty because splice Splice's color scheme is gorgeous, even <laughs> when she's a scary uh, demon monster. So it's like all like pinks and purples and there's some blue and she's like fighting the fighting the monster, the tentacle monsters. And the, it looks like there's like blood gushing out. But it's it's also like it kind of looks like glitter blood. And it's <laughs> it's a it's a it's very pretty. I like the way that the, they use the colors in that panel. Yeah, it looks like a, a Lisa Frank trapper keeper a little bit. It does. <laughs> it's taking me back. Could you imagine if you if the children's Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers had splice on them? <laughs> it's just like splice and a bunch of little hearts around her. Uh, I would get that Trapper Keeper. I would be. I would collect it. Oh man, I love Trapper Keepers so much. They were the best. They really were. Uh, do they even exist anymore? I don't think that they do. I can't imagine that they do. But they were such a big deal when I was little. It was like if you didn't have, if you didn't come correct with your Trapper Keeper, who were you even? Yeah, you had to get the the good Trapper Keeper. You had to really bring your personality with the Trapper Keepers. 
Um, but the, those colors matching together sort of remind me of that when I was a kid. Um, I think for me, the the panels and pages that really kind of stuck out to me were more so in, in this issue, particularly. I don't know if I've noticed it in other issues as much, but this issue was like the 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 issue where they were like, we're going big on the reveals. Because if you watch it in the digital version, maybe not so much if like you were just flipping pages, but if you're watching it on e- or either in the app or on on the Comixology um, web browser version, when the big reveals happened, it was like when you went to, especially if you go, I, I like to read Guided View a lot of the time because it will really focus in on those panels. And it's a different experience if you do Guided View versus just page to page. It's a very different experience, but they clearly made this comic. They created the pages based on the digital format. So anytime something big would happen, it would be like you go that next panel. It was like, oh my gosh. And so I I really kind of enjoyed that. It it became a little too much because it was like, okay, I think you're overdoing it at some point. (laughs) But, um, But so what I'm talking about, like, for example, on page eight, there's a bunch of panels building anticipation for the reveal of Splice's true form, and it goes panel, 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 and then it gets to what you see of Splice, and it's a big, big deal. And there's another set of those. Uh, I think it it also happens with the um, that panel that we keep talking about with the the dead Berenstein bear, which I don't know if you know this, but. Actually, when you spell it out, it's supposed to be Berenstain. Oh yeah, have you have you heard the like the um the theory like that some people remember them as like the Bernstein bears or something like that, and so or the Berens or Berenstein bears, and their their real name is like the Berenstain bear. It's something like that where people are like we're living in an alternate reality <laughs> because. <laughs> I I highly recommend you do like a quick like internet search about the like the Berenstein Bears because you can go down a very rapid like <laughs> internet rabbit hole uh, where it becomes like a multiple worlds theory where like we all remember them being a different name because <laughs> because there's a different universe where they are and it's it's fantastic. I swear they were the Berenstein Bears. That's what I would think too. Yeah. And when when I found out that it's not spelled like that, it shook the foundations of my <laughs> being. And apparently it did for a lot of other people. And that's where this theory came from. There's also like um there's some there's some movie that people swear like was a real thing with like Simbad, I wanna say, that it definitely was not real in any way. And like Sinbad has, I think it's Sinbad who's like, he's literally been like, I don't know what movie you're talking about that. I never did that movie. And, but people like remember it very, very specifically. <laughs> it's the best. Apparently the reality split sometime in the nineties. <laughs> it's really good. I can't remember what the theory is called, but I cannot uh, recommend enough doing a quick Google on that. Sinbad movie doesn't <laughs> the, the the uh the when you start typing it in i, I put <laughs> sinbad movie that and it populated that doesn't exist <laughs> and the second the second option was that never existed oh uh, yeah it, it's called uh, people remember him being in some movie called shazam 
uh, <laughs> like there's multiple articles. It's like the strange case of the Sinbad genie movie that doesn't exist. That is wild. It's like if you remember a, a movie in the early 90s called Shazam starring Sinbad, it's not a thing. <laughs> like it doesn't. It wasn't a thing. It never existed. <laughs> that is so um, funny. Well, it's so funny. I mentioned the Berenstein Bear because another one of those sort of digital reveals happens on page 10 where you kind of uh, get to the next panel and then there's the reveal of the the dead uh, alien child. It also happens on page 11 where you get the big page of uh, Supergirl saying caring about the uh, vulnerable isn't a weakness. And then you you hit that guided view move. You you go to the next one. It says it is my biggest strength, and it's just really it's impactful for me to read it like that because because it's so intentional in the way it's created to do that. So even though I think they did it a little too much in this issue, I thought that that was actually a a good creative choice that they were using those sort of um, digital page turns as a way to reveal the big twist or the big moment that was happening. And it made it feel like it was a big deal when it happened. So that, I think for me, that this issue was different in that respect. I don't know that that's been as good in some of the other issues because I usually read all of these either on my phone or on a browser and I usually use the guided view. And so it hasn't been as good or impactful in other issues, but this one issue 27 really knocked it out of, out of the park in using the format. That's cool. Cause I never, I never use the guided view. I always do like the single page view. Um, but now I'll have to try that and see about the next issue. See if it's, it's as good as this one. Cause I, I was going along as you were, mentioning the pages and, and looking at it in the guided view and it is cool like it's very cinematic like the way that yeah. it will go from panel to panel and then kind of zoom in even zoom in on some parts of the panel and then zoom out and like zoom over like it's clearly some thought was put into that experience and i think putting it in terms of uh the cinematic uh, aspect of it I think that's a good way to put it because that that is sort of how it feels to me it's like a you know a, like almost a reveal you would see in a movie um, so I I, I I don't know if it's for everybody but I kind of like to read these things that way especially because that's how they do create them so I try to read them in the way that they're they're formatted um, the only other thing I wanted to point out in terms of the art I just wanted to get your thought on it because I think there's a variant cover in this one because um, I think they all sort of have variant covers right at the beginning of the issue. And this one yeah. had um, Supergirl uh, hands on hips, I guess, on top of the Daily Planet, maybe. And it's a really cool shot. But I'm just my question to you, Morgan, because I wanted to know what your thoughts were. How much cape is too much cape? <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that that cape has several capes underneath of it. It's like a cape cascade. It's a, it's like a whole cape universe in there. <laughs> I. It's funny that you mentioned that because I looked at the, I looked at that cover and I thought, oh, that's cool, and I kind of moved on. And it did not occur to me the weird dimensions of this cape. Is this cape like cat's hat, and it's just like a black hole? But then when you go into the black hole, all you find is more cape. <laughs> It just, when you think about it in terms of, like, reality, it just would, that cape would be so long. It makes long. No sense. 
<laughs> it makes no sense at all. I mean, I understand, like, artistically, you want to see the cape flying in the wind. And sometimes they do that, I think, with Superman and Batman, too, where they, like, exaggerate the cape a little bit. But this, it just, the longer I stared at it, I was like, what? Because uh, maybe it wouldn't be as visually impactful if you had a shorter cape. But to me, it just, like, what that cape, she wouldn't be able to do anything with that long of a cape. It's yeah, just, it's too, it's it's definitely too much. Too much. Ca- it's too much cape too much happening there okay I, I didn't know that was just me i just wanted to get somebody else's thoughts on that because uh, it's a really awesome image it's just a lot of cape for me uh and i love the cape it's just it's a little too much all right so uh overall thoughts really quickly uh did you like this one or did you not like this one i like this one i i think the last one really threw me for a loop and i was very confused and there was the Omega Man, and like I, I still want to know more about soap. I know, I know. <laughs> I tried to I'm find some stuff, <laughs> and I could not find anything. I need to do a deep dive on Omega Man. I feel like there's someone out there, someone, someone is, is an Omega Man, Omega Man expert, expert, like super fan, and they're like, listen, I can, I can give you this information you want on soap. I've got it. I can give it to you. And that's the person I want to write into us and tell us all about soap. Because I have so many questions. Uh, truly, again, the hero of our time. Um, but <laughs> I, 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 the last issue really confused me. I read it and then I was like, did I hallucinate that issue? <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. This one I thought was good. I understood what was going on. Um, there was some, there were some twists, there were some turns, there were some dramatic reveals. Um, so crypto got to play a good part in it. Uh, he wasn't just unconscious. Um, and I think that it had a good story, like, uh, for Supergirl, which is always the most important part of any Supergirl issue. But I think that she had like a good, like emotional story in this one. Um, and like kind of a full arc in this issue. And I think I really appreciate it that like you can get super wacky and you can have like Nosferatu being really <laughs> pissed at you. Um, and you can have Johnny five doing DNA scans and whatever, whatever is happening in this issue. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm still at a loss, but <laughs> as, lo- <laughs> as long as Supergirl has like a very, like a, like a, a grounded character journey, like I'm going to just go along for the ride um, and so I think that this one did a better job of having Supergirl at the forefront of, of the issue and having her, you know, her character arc being kind of what was driving the action. Yeah. Supergirl number 27 felt more like a Supergirl story uh, than, uh, previous issues. So I really liked that. And, uh, I think that this issue did a really good job with the art, uh, in Supergirl number 26, I wasn't as crazy about the art and that's going to ebb and flow depending on the issue and the artist. Um, but this one I thought had a, some really, um, visually, uh, interesting things for me, especially with splice and the clones and all that kind of stuff. So, and, and the way that all of the panels were, uh, plotted out, I think they did a really good job. They really did, I think, think some of that stuff through. So uh, I think the story was pretty good and the art I thought was very good. So I I like this one. I thought this, I, and it also gave some teases of maybe some things to come with Reander, Starfire's brother, and some of the stuff with the Omega Men and finding out more about um, 
uh, Kara's father's connection to stuff, maybe. So I, I'm, I'm interested in where it's going. So I think the issue did its job to sort of push onto the next thing. So I guess that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 27. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 27 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. You can email us at SupergirlRadio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 if you want to write or call in make sure to do that before tuesdays at 6 30 p.m eastern you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter and instagram all at supergirl radio you can listen to us on google play iHeartRadio, spotify where we also have a spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show we're also on radio public and pod chaser and on dc's fan page which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans and we are on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And if you want to find links to everything I just mentioned, you can go to supergirlradio.com and find all of them on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Amy for the DC TV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you're interested in The Flash, Black Lightning, Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman, Titans, Stargirl, Green Lantern, Strange Adventures, and the upcoming Superman and Lois series or DC TV After Dark, make sure to follow DC TV Podcasts on social media and subscribe to the podcast mega feed if you want all those podcasts in one place. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. I'm trying to get out and take a, a few pictures maybe every week. And uh, you can follow me and subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I've got a video in the works, uh, but I can't promise when it will <laughs> be posted. Uh, but I'm trying to do more uh, Snyder Cut content. Uh, so uh, get ready for that. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. Uh, you can also uh, listen to... Uh, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which is a podcast about the Legends of Tomorrow. Although right now it's a podcast about Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to go uh, full spooky to uh, uh, poor Amy's dismay uh, for the month of October. And we are sort of diving into different spooky stuff. So we've been calling it Spooky Swap, which is each one of us is giving uh, the other one something spooky on the spooky scale to uh to watch so i uh, we've already done the buffy episode hush that was our listener write-in episode um and then i think this week we're going to be dropping an episode on the pilot of the following um which uh it w- was a television show <laughs> That's that's my recommendation for it, <laughs> which I think it's a, it's a fun one because Amy watched it and Kat and I uh, haven't watched the show. So we kind of got dropped into the pilot and we all had very different opinions about it. <laughs> so I think I think it was a, it was a really fun episode for us to record. Um, so we've got some more spooky stuff coming up the whole month. So uh, surprisingly enough, we're going to be, I think, on a weekly a schedule of uh, episodes for this month and then and then probably go back to our usual whoops did we post uh, <laughs> in November. so enjoy that enjoy this uh confusing time for us where you see an episode for us every week <laughs> speaking of spooky things regarding the following i think that was one of the last tv shows that allison mack 
was an actress on. She was on the following. She, I think, was I think she was in one episode. That is ironic. That show is about a cult. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a little life imitating art there. <laughs> and it is getting to be that time of year. I don't know about where you are, but uh, my neighbors are putting out all the spooky, scary things. I went for a walk earlier, and I walked by one house where they had, like, these two robotic uh, skeletons sitting on the front porch, and they looked like they were, like, country folk, like, sitting out there. And I was like, oh, that's cute hat. Oh, that's a skeleton. Uh, <laughs> so it was really scary. And then, like, a couple of houses, this one street in my neighborhood, these people are, like, howling crazy. Because another house had, like, spider webs everywhere and spiders all over the front of their house. And I was like, you people need to call uh, pest control because you clearly oh have a problem. So, so that's that side of the neighborhood is, like, the scary part. I don't even think I want to go down that street anymore. It's a little we scary. Have, we have a, a street in my neighborhood, which is, like, literally, like, maybe two blocks away from me, that is, like, the Halloween street. And every year... They pick a theme. The whole street picks a theme. Oh, that's cool. And then they decorate all their houses on the theme. So they've done like um, graveyard before. They did one year with spiders. One year was like Alice in Wonderland. Oh, cool. One year was pirates. Uh, so they always do really fun, cool things. I think one year was witches. It's, they always do cool things. And like at least one of the guys who has a house on that street is like really good into special effects. Like I don't know what his like career is but it definitely should be special effects <laughs> because the year they did spiders he had a giant he pull, he like drops like a giant tarp down his house so you can't see the front of the house and then like there was just a giant animatronic spider <gasps> that was like moving it was no. unbelievable like mm -mm. unbelievable like the uh, the pictures i take every year at, at that street are like bonkers unfortunately this year i don't think they're doing it so no i know <laughs> that is because usually is there's like creepy. a lot of um you know trigger on halloween it's like trick-or-treat central everybody oh, yeah. goes down to that street so it's just like a madhouse there there's one house at the at, at the very end of that street that also does like they will fill their entire lawn and they've got like a a big a fairly big lawn with carved pumpkins all different like oh, cool. all different kinds of carved pumpkins so they'll be like disney characters and there'll be spooky stuff and there's star wars and like r2d2 it's really cool i'm i'm it's gonna i'm super bummed they they took last year off because i think a couple people had we're doing like house renovations <laughs> which is like kind of a rough time to do all that stuff and they were but they were supposed to come back this year so i guess it's going to be a two-year hiatus it's starting to become like a like a like a holiday around and it's kind of fun um anyway well i think that is gonna do it for us so thanks to everybody who joins us as we catch up on supergirl comics mm -hmm.